You're only supposed to blow the bloody doors off. Say hello to my little friend. To infinity and beyond. Like tears in rain. On Wednesdays we wear pink. I love the smell of napalm in the morning. Tears looking at you, kid. You talking to me? You're gonna need a bigger boat. You'll always have Paris. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Films and Friends. My name's Josh, I'm joined as ever by Tobias. Hey, good morning. <laughs> good morning indeed. We are recording this as the, I think it's the earliest one we've ever recorded. Yeah, it's uh, just gone 9am. Yeah, so if we uh, make any horrendous mistakes this morning, that'll be why. But not talking of mistakes at all, we are joined today by Jack. <laughs> <laughs> That's the best introduction ever. Yes, I am Jack. You will hear my voice, and when you hear my voice speak... Yeah, you will know that it is me, Jack. So, Jack <laughs> is a man of uh, many talents, and uh, we met a couple years ago. However, I think his one of his greatest moments, and this isn't a joke, this is pretty damn serious, was um, when he was doing an open mic night for uh, poetry and uh, spoken word, and Jack read out one of his stories um, about the Ministry of Truth. <laughs> and uh, it was just absolutely hilarious. Well, I've nineteen eighty four, good book, even better parody material. It's um I kind of feel like uh parodies what I love uh as a thing in general and uh maybe as a link to film that has led to me enjoying some of those types of films, in particular things like Airplane, Naked Gun, things like that. Those were big things, uh, those were films in particular that I loved and I watched over and over and spotted all the little jokes in everywhere um, when I was growing up, so um, I've done a nice, I've done your link for you back to film there. But before we get into Fantastic. film, we first have to um, cover the uh, all-important ground of um, what do you do? I just finished being a student, I'm doing linguistics research now. So, long story, but I just went to Holland to kind of research the background of a language from the Dutch Caribbean, trying to find out where it's from and where the people who speak it are from, too, so. We've had a very linguistics-heavy two episodes, haven't we? <laughs> we have, yeah. Yeah. What do you think? Have you seen Arrival before? I've not seen Arrival. Ah, because we had someone on last week who's really into linguistics, and the whole point of Arrival is sort of about an alien species coming to Earth and us trying to understand their language, and he sort of broke it down for us in a sort of linguistic way, which is quite yeah. interesting. That is interesting. It's like, it's Esperanto, but make it alien. <laughs> alien it up a bit. Yeah. But you would have to know how... Okay, yeah, I guess. You would have to figure out how they speak, I guess. Yeah, well, the the whole background of the film... Um, so not background, but um, the making of... They, they actually had to come up with the language that the aliens speak. Because basically they speak in these kind of like... They look like... Uh, coffee mug stains right, right, right. or runes and they, they that's how the aliens talk and they actually had to write the whole language so kind of like Lord of the Rings but actually more in depth because it was a completely new system of writing that um, is uh, omnidirectional so mm. you could um, or ambidirectional I don't, I don't know what the term I forget. is no, I don't remember. but basically the, the runes are circles that can be read in any direction and yeah. they don't actually change the meaning of the uh, word or sentence that they yeah. um, symbolise what if the aliens don't have anything of interest to say? That, see? <laughs> you just, we pull up to the aliens and they're just talking about memes. And, like, <laughs> I saw an email it. from Noam Chomsky yesterday and it just says, I have no thoughts on memes, full stop. <laughs> so I was just... <laughs> so, yeah. And a linguistics link again there. There we Big go. Big Noam. And, <laughs> and <laughs> I alluded to this earlier, but um, how do you know um, Josh and I? Um, well, I've known you, Toby, for three years now? Yeah, we're... Three yeah. years? That three is years. a number of years. I can't believe you haven't run away or blocked me or something yet in that time. It, it's um, come close, it's come close. From <laughs> from writing for the Mancunian, but also just being around here. Um, yeah. And Josh, I don't know you as much. But I'm pretty sure you came on my podcast once, didn't you? I was quite offended, actually, when I read through the form you sent us, because you put, he, I'm not sure if he'll remember it. I was like, of course I remember it. You remember it? Well, <laughs> yeah. my, my wonderful podcast, it was short-lived, but it was yeah, it was short but sweet. I remember you, coming you on that as well. You were yeah. there as well, weren't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we, we, about, we went on the same episode. Yeah, we talked about the Manchester International Film Festival last year. Oh, I see, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I had, um, 
I had a one minute spot every week where I'd talk about um, an Instagram account uh, that I recommended. Yeah. Usually photography, but then I got to the point where I was also doing like digital artists at the same time. And um, I record that from my house, send it to Jack, and he put it on. Did you ever recommend and, any meme accounts? Just that um, <laughs> what no, about your own? I did not <laughs> plug Soft Boy Central, but Soft Boy Central <laughs> oh, so now you have, is where yeah. it's at. <laughs> is that actually your meme account? It is, actually, oh, yeah. I see you like, put it in your story yeah, sometimes. I wrote story. Oh, yeah. yeah, I run it with uh, two mates of mine. Um, and, yeah, so <laughs> some people are like, oh, I didn't know you run Soft Boy. I'm like, why else would I post it on my story? <laughs> yeah, well... Well, uh, I think that one minute of my podcast was the best minute of the podcast every week because I would just have absolutely no plan and just be live on air but have enough to say that it would fill an hour <laughs> or just be able to talk and talk enough so that it did fill an hour. And uh, then get to the good part. And then get to the the good part. I am a humble man. <laughs> but see, talking about um, soft boys, you've put um, a lot of picks for your favourite films, and uh, some of these are quite soft boy picks. Which I'm loving we these links of. here. Yeah, see? It's every professional week, broadcast. Week, exactly. So, um, yeah, what are your, uh, some of your favourite films, actors, genres, directors? Um, well, for some reason, I only listed films in answer to this question. Which is fine. Uh, which is fine. I, thank you. Uh, <laughs> um, a bit of a mix for me. I mean, there are there are some picks on there which I am aware make me total scum, like I said to you. But uh, <laughs> um, I like, like I mentioned, Airplane. Um, but I, I like other comedy of the same, similar, Four Lions, Borat, very typical um, comedy taste from a slightly bygone era, but uh, I, I also like uh, my horror. I like The Thing, Alien. Uh, it, it's probably up there with uh, f up there is the favourites and things like that. What else did I put on the list there? So, uh, yeah, The Thing, Airplane, uh, Grand Budapest Hotel. Oh, that's true, yeah. That's uh, Josh's area of expertise. Yeah. It's my uh, film of the decade I wrote about this week. Very nice. I'm yeah, a very yeah, big yeah. fan of Wes Anderson, specifically Grand Budapest yeah. Hotel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a great one. I saw. I caught it really late, but uh, it really did impress me. I really liked it. Yeah, I didn't really watch it until like I think I watched it like this summer. I never really. See, I don't yeah. think I'd ever seen any Wes Anderson films before. I thought, oh, seeing as I do so much film stuff, I thought I should probably watch them. Seeing as people say how good yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. and I watched like I think that was the first one I watched. I think I watched pretty much all of them like night after night, just watching random ones one after nice. the other. See, yeah. my, my weird story with um, Grand Budapest Hotel is that I've seen half of it. <laughs> and I think I told this story maybe on my second week, first week on the podcast. I don't think you have, actually. Did I not? Right. No. So, Grand Budapest Hotel, um, it was first year, and um, a girl um, and I went out for drinks, and then she was like, oh, do you want to come back tomorrow to watch a film? And she literally meant the film. There was nothing else. <laughs> so, we watched the film, and... About halfway through, she's like, right, I'm really tired, um, and I've got class tomorrow. Um, so, do you want to continue watching the film, like, next week? I was like, yeah, sure. So, uh, what time film, and what, there was never a next time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, it was an uneventful... <laughs> <laughs> time and I didn't actually yeah. finish watching the film. Aww. And now you're too emotionally traumatised to actually go back and watch it. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scarred. Well, yeah. I have half-watched uh, quite a few films because... Uh, as I mentioned to you, that I, I have the tendency occasionally to fall asleep in cinemas. Yeah, I saw you did write that. And, um, <laughs> Good spend of money, that. But I know, yeah, no, but I, I feel I feel horrific afterwards for both, uh, I don't know, everything involved. The time wasted, the money wasted, well, but also just the effort wasted of going to the cinema, but it's just dark and comfortable. No, I get that. I mean, one of the films which I've fallen asleep, I can't remember what the second film was, because I probably fell asleep real early but the one i do remember is um transformers i think the last <laughs> night or whatever the hell it's called is the one where it's like king arthur um <laughs> yeah yeah he gets a sword yeah yeah optimus prime gets a sword and there's a tyrannosaurus rex transformer it's confusing i i but all i remember was yeah that's you know it's optimus prime <laughs> fighting this dinosaur it's you know, I mean, it, the idea sounds pretty sick. It's like, yeah, any little kid mashing his toys yeah, together. Yeah, yeah, like, I yeah. want to see this on the screen. Yeah, yeah. And then, um, yeah, I, I just remember just drifting off. They just did the kids mashing toys together, but on a $400 million budget, basically. That's there. basically Michael Bay's films. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then they made six of them. Are they and six, they're probably more than that now. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. We've seen this new Michael Bay vehicle coming out on Netflix. <laughs> with Ryan Reynolds starring in it, it's like an action film kind of thing. Oh, no. but I think it's I think it's oh, very meta. 
I saw the advert for that, and the advert was very meta. Basically, mm. Ryan Reynolds was doing an advert for the. So it was one of those like two in one things where he was advertising a, like a Samsung TV or whatever with his film on it. God. But then he hijacks <laughs> the advert to advertise his gin. And that was. Uh, so it's like he, he hijacks the advert with his own advert. I, it was just weird. Deadpool's really taken a turn on Ryan Reynolds to make everything sort of meta and. Um... What's the break in the fourth wall? Yeah, he's kind of... Well, to be fair, he kind of is Deadpool in his persona. Mm. Mm. Yeah. He just kind of... that That's him. Good cast. Do you actually like the film Deadpool? I thought it was all right. I don't think it was brilliant, but um, I quite enjoyed it. I thought some of the action sequences were actually pretty creative. The humour was pretty... Yes, pretty spot on what you'd expect from Deadpool. Because my, my point of contact with Deadpool was... um. Um, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 2 which is a kind of dungeon crawler game, beat em up dungeon crawler and a mate of mine had it on his uh, PS3 and we played through the whole thing like four times one summer and yeah Deadpool was one of our favourites and that's how like we got to know Deadpool I think it's cripplingly overrated I, I wasn't viscerally offended by it but I didn't like it like, yeah. I think it's okay. That's <laughs> basically my point. But I don't understand how it's become such a like iconic thing of this decade. In the sense, like people with like pin badges and stuff with Deadpool on, because how how much of an amazing film it is. It's all right, but I mean, I've, I've like there are better films. I just I I never really understand hardcore fans of something. Yeah, yeah. Because exactly. I've never actually been able to get that invested in no, anything in my life. No, I think that's more, yeah, it's more my fault than anything else, anything's fault in particular, but I'm the exact same. I've yeah. never been like a mega fan of anything. No, the closest I got maybe was um, rugby, but then again, I was aware of it. I, I was fully into rugby as a teenager. I had posters on my walls of uh, different rugby players. I, you know, would watch rugby almost every day and followed rugby on social media and, and all that but I still had the thing in my head of like but this is not my identity I just really enjoy yeah. it and it's my current hobby but I know this isn't my thing hmm. I think my closest one is probably like Doctor Who when I was like probably about 8 or 9 I was pretty into that like sort of reading the uh, BBC magazine they made used to read that every week used to watch it all the time had most of them on DVD yeah it was pretty bad probably <laughs> so to circle back to Jack um of all the films on your list, uh, the one that you were saying might be questionable, um, yeah, I don't think it's questionable, is Borat. Oh, you don't think it's questionable? No, I think I think Borat is actually um, one of the prime examples of good uh, 2000s. It's 2000s, yeah. right? Yeah, 2000s. Yeah, 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 yeah. I... I think it's a wonderful film. <laughs> I'm very embarrassed about that. I don't know why I'm revealing it on a podcast, but... Uh, I do think it's a wonderful film. I uh, I do laugh at every part of it. I think it's clever. I know it's stupid as well, but I think it's clever. There's some there's some visual comedy on there that's uh, that you know you you can tell that they've put the effort into to kind of construct. And yeah, and the fact that the whole film is kind of like a hidden camera show. Yeah, yeah, and what? they keep the pace up as well. Like, yeah, there's a there's no slowdown ever really. It's just. It's funny all the way through. It carries you all the way through. Yeah, so, but thinking about Sacha Baron Cohen's um, filmography, I've seen quite a few of his films. Um, but by seen, I mean I've not actually finished them because I thought they were actually that bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like The Dictator, <laughs> the kind of film that everyone, all my friends of 14 were like, it's so yeah, funny. Yeah, I'm exactly. like, it's just not. Yeah. It's just dumb. And then there's uh, Bruno, which I think is I, just yeah. too... Garbage. It's just garbage. <laughs> it's just... You know, one thing is, um, hey, it, it's it, using... I mean, you know, the fact that he's gay is the butt of the joke. And yeah, yeah, yeah. back then, it was like maybe like an acceptable form of humour. But even even back then, it was like too much. Yeah. Um, I, I feel moment. like uh, he's the most hit and miss person in the world in that he's had one hit and all the rest are misses. But yeah. he just... I feel like he found the sweet spot once and... But uh, using kind of the same formula has been nowhere near since. But yeah, the kind of... <laughs> well, I mean, what would you call the formula? Uh, 
We're sort of like <laughs> fake documentary with like a very exaggerated character. Yeah. And yeah. I think that has been also to another extent by other people has been done to death as well. Like that's become like something that's just like a mainstay in comedy now. So oh, it's really funny if we pretend to be this kind of person and go in this sort of opposite. So I was like, I don't know, we'll pretend to be a a hardcore Christian and go to a pride rally. Mm. Yeah. It's like the, the only that's one that Ben Shapiro though, to be fair. <laughs> True. <laughs> The only one that holds up to me is um, uh, Eric Andre. Yeah. I just love everything Eric Andre does. And yeah, I, I think he's one of the only people that could pull off the, the kind of, yeah, let's pretend to be a religious person at a rally. Like when he, um, he, he uh, the black Scientologist skit is quite funny because he starts shouting like this Christian activist and all sorts of weird stuff. I think, uh, I think Eric is so overblown that and it kind of has that self-awareness a bit as well that you can very obviously see that he's in on the joke. If you're watching, you can very obviously see that he's of in course, on the joke. Yeah. But maybe if you're there, you would... If you're in one of these groups, you wouldn't see it because you don't know. But I, f I feel like that he has the edge there a bit that it, it it's so overblown that it seems, like, self-aware. And there's never a bit where he comes down to a normal... No, he's always, he's always yeah, high in so energy. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, but power of editing, I guess, because apparently yeah, the interviews yeah, yeah. sometimes go on for like two hours. So <laughs> the fact that you only see twenty seconds means, <laughs> you know, and the whole his TV show is like twenty seconds. Each yeah. episode. I mean, it's great, but <laughs> yeah, I remember. Um, I so I I've been into Eric Andre for about two years now, and I didn't actually watch any full episodes of his show until two months ago. Hmm. I just watched compilations on YouTube. Yeah, and then I watched the show, and it's like it's, 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 the, exact it's the exact same thing. You're not missing out. <laughs> Have you ever watched um, the Ali G, Ali G da movie? I have watched Ali G da movie. I thought that held up quite well. I, I, I thought I it was pretty that, good. I think I prefer that to Borat, to be you honest. You do? Yeah. Really? Oh, I need to watch that. No, the Ali G character does make me laugh, to be fair. When he's interviewing people, that made me laugh. Yeah. Just because, I don't know, watching people squirm is very funny I've seen him interview the debate, which was with... Um, There's one was with it Richard Dawkins? Yeah, he's <laughs> yeah. done that. He did one with Jacob Rees Mogg before he was ever an MP, which is quite funny. funny. No, the best ones he does. Was it? I think it might be Borat though, with um, people uh, fox hunting. Oh, was what? it? That one's good. Was it Borat with fox hunting? I think it so. Was? Yeah, I think it was Borat and fox hunting. But yeah, if you um, can find that on YouTube, go and watch that because it's just ridiculous. No, I'll, I'll have to find it because I really love the the debate that he has with like, it is the evolutionary debate. What? I think it's like Richard Dawkins is like, so so we are all homo sapiens. No, no, no. I ain't one of them. I ain't one of them. I respect you. No, we are all homo sapiens. I ain't one of them homos, bro. No, the best, the best Ali G one is there's one he does about um, talking about like the right to die and like ending your own life, you're terminally ill. And he's saying, I'm blaming it on euthanasia. And he's saying, oh, what are the kids in China doing? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I mean, it's such a... <laughs> Oh. <laughs> the joke itself isn't that funny, but the fact but I can picture him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. The accent as well, not that, yeah. the whole character thing really does make that. Yeah. Oh, man. Another film you listed on your um, sort of a list of films was um, Airplane. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, yeah. And that's quite a typical, like, um, sort of, that's sort of the archetypal sort of idiotic comedy. It is. Yeah, yeah. And another one that's key for me is that it, it's funny throughout. There is a gag in that every 20 seconds. The, whether it's non-stop. It's non-stop, but I, I like that because it keeps you... There, there's never a moment where you kind of settle and realise how silly it is and that, I mean, really, it shouldn't be that uh, good of a setting for a comedy film, I suppose. But uh, it, the amount that they get out of it constantly is is really what keeps it going. It's weird because um, it's, it's a film that parodies... It's much like Scary Movie, yeah. where it parodies what was hot at the time. Mm-hmm. And a lot of these films don't hold up because yeah, you want once you're out of that bubble of constant slashers or constant mm. horror remakes, you, it the, the comedy doesn't hold. But yeah. Airplane somehow is timeless. Yeah, and Blazing Saddles I haven't actually finished watching because I'm not someone who gets offended by anything. But I was watching him like the joke. Sixty percent of the jokes in this are. It's funny because it's racist. Yeah. And I, I, I was like, this just doesn't hold up. Whereas Airplane toes the line quite masterfully. Yeah, yeah. And I I think it, it does it with a straight face as well. I mean, it, it helps that Leslie Nielsen was uh, a serious actor for 
for years and years of his career up until that point and uh, just came into airplane and completely straight faced it, uh, which I, I think in that context uh, was especially good. And the same with Naked Gun as well, Leslie Nielsen, that uh, serious actor turned to turned to that kind of comedy. It was the perfect switch for him, really, at that point in his career. Yeah, I think the only thing that doesn't hold up about uh, the Naked Gun now is um, the presence of O.J. Simpson, <laughs> which becomes markedly less funny after the trial. Honestly, my favourite Twitter account is probably O.J. Simpson. <laughs> it's hilarious because he'll he'll he posts these videos like him on Peace the golf course. Yeah, it's like him on on, on the golf course. He's like, hi, it's O.J. Hope you're all having a good day. <laughs> so you gotta remember that today you gotta smash it. And he's like doing like something inspirational or commenting Nobody on some asked. current affairs. And it's like, and all the replies are like, yeah, you go, OJ, you're killing it, my man. He <laughs> <laughs> just gets roasted constantly. <laughs> so before we move on to um, the films you least like, um, I am actually gonna plug something local. Go so Manchester Classic Films, uh, run by the wonderful Fergus is kind of a crowdfunding film thing where he puts on classic films and they are only put on if enough people buy tickets. Mm. So every ticket that is purchased literally contributes to the screening being put on. And, because we were talking about Airplane, Manchester Classic Films have a screening of Airplane on in January, I think it is. That's wonderful. I put Interested on Facebook. um, So you guys might have seen it but Mm -hmm. yeah to anyone listening who is Mancunian or is a short train ride away from Manchester consider that Manchester Classic Films airplane on the big screen that's good do you know where it is it's it's around here Odeon nice yep he's the Odeon Great Northern Uh, they're actually honestly very very good when Mm -hmm. it comes to screenings and festivals there's Grimfest and Manif there as well Mm -hmm. yeah yeah Yeah. so it's a a good cinema it's a good cinema despite being a corporate chain It, it doesn't feel like it yeah, yeah, they had um, Myth there as well, didn't they? In the Odeon? Uh, yeah, I think it might um, be, yeah. Myth, yeah, that's one, yeah. I'm confused now because they swapped at some point during my time here. Oh. They used to be in the print works. One of them used to be in the print works and now they all swapped around for some it's reason. It's probably Odeon. Yeah, I, I, once, uh, I was once going to meet my friends after, after that and I went to the wrong cinema. Uh, but I was running late anyway and uh, I just told them to leave my ticket at the desk. And I got there and I asked for my ticket and they said that they didn't have any because I was at the wrong... Well, they, they didn't know, but I was at the wrong cinema. And I said, no, are you sure you've, you've not got it? They left it at the desk. And they said, no, sorry, we've got, not got it. And I said, are you, like, are you sure? Like, look at this message. And they went off and asked their manager and they just let me in the film. I didn't realize that at the time that I was deceiving, but uh, <laughs> when I got there in the screen and I looked at my phone and they were like, you are in the wrong cinema. And it just so happened to the same film at the same time and uh, two different places. But I... Technically got him for free, even though I bought it at a different place. I don't yeah, know how that that's works. A, that's a weird. That's a weird one right there. <laughs> I think Sweet talk to my way. The thing that makes it so confusing is the fact that in Printworks it's now a view, and the Odeon is in the Great Northern, but the Odeon used to be in the Printworks. Yeah, that's oh. the. Yeah, that's what it is. That's yeah, why yeah, I didn't yeah, know yeah, that. It was already, yeah, yeah. already switched though when I arrived. Yeah, so. yeah, mm. yeah. I'm just a zoomer. I wouldn't know. <laughs> so to take it sort of back to um, you and film, so we'd next we'd like to go on to some of your uh, least favourite films, actors, genres and directors. Okay, go for it. See, I'm going to list off, so I'm going to read your answer, and I have I have issues with some of these. Okay. So I also well, do as well. Okay, yeah, all right, all right. Well, let me, let me say beforehand that uh, I told you this, Tobias, but yeah. uh, I have included one mistake in my least favorite films and you've got to and it's actually should be in one of my favorite films i did it on purpose but i wanted to see if you guys could guess which it is so there's 300 mm-hmm. one day mm-hmm. notting hill mm-hmm. interstellar mm-hmm. any superhero movie <laughs> any film ever made in mainland china <laughs> if i think of any more i'll let you know but my big dummy dumb dumb brain can't think of any more right now and Super now it's written as no <laughs> <laughs> as in knowing <laughs> <laughs> I am going to guess that you meant to put any film ever made in mainland China into your favourite film just because you loved the aesthetic of China. No, you are incorrect. Sorry. Ooh. See, I would say Interstellar, but I have heard some takes where people like Interstellar actually sucks. Um, so I'm going to say 300. I'm going to oh, say you actually like wrong. 300. Do you know what it is? What? It's Notting Hill. Yeah. Oh, I love that film. And uh, I... 
exactly. This is why I picked it because I don't, I didn't think anyone would uh, would guess it. But uh, I was shown while I was uh, on exchange, I was shown Notting Hill because somebody said, "You're English. How have you not seen?" Notting Hill because everyone associates yeah Notting um, Hill is so, the London yeah, film yeah. so I kind of begrudgingly yeah I mean exactly it's London film I'm not f any relation to London but it's uh, I guess it's London and England are like sewn in to the of imaginations of people of course um, and I kind of begrudgingly watched it um, not expecting to enjoy it and I loved it I laughed the whole way through and uh, in fact, every time I laughed, people would laugh at me who were also watching it because uh, because I was laughing at the, the, the what people think of as British humor. Um, and that made me laugh even more. So it was a good experience. But I, I uh, yeah, I love that film, Notting Hill. It's lovely. It it holds up <laughs> even after a couple of viewings. I must have seen it maybe three or four times. And it's just, yeah, it's just a feel good film. Hmm. And I, I, as cynical as I am, and as much as I yeah. hate saying, yeah, feel good films, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not real cinema. Yeah. Kind of does hold up. Yeah. I've never actually seen Notting Hill, but I am sort of familiar with that oeuvre from just Love Actually, which I hear is basically a combination of every single rom-com set in Britain ever made in the history <laughs> of the world ever. Yeah. 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 Yep. Uh, the other rom-com that I really enjoy, which is actually an American one, is um, Crazy Stupid Love. Mm. I've not seen that. See, I saw that film... I must have seen it like a month after I saw La La Land. And Crazy Stupid Love has Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone <laughs> falling in love. And their chemistry on screen is so good and so similar to La La Land that it leads me to believe that that's the film that um, yeah. Damien Chazelle saw and went, I want them. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Because mm. it it just makes sense. Yeah. A wrong film I watched the other day that I really enjoyed that I'd like to sort of plug and sort of really enjoy, sort of made me very happy was uh, when Harry met Sally. Oh, it's hmm. a wonderful film. Brilliant film. <laughs> and I didn't realise. Uh, I've obviously heard about it before because obviously it's so iconic. But I didn't realise that Carrie Fisher was in it so heavily. Yeah. Yeah. I think I only. I've never. I don't think I've ever really seen that many films with Carrie Fisher in, other than obviously Star Wars. She's not really in that many other things, is she? Um, I mean, she had a run of films back then. Oh, she's uh, in, um, as you've, we'll get on to, I assume, later, Blues Brothers. Yeah. But we'll, she uh, is Blues Brothers. That's, that's, a, that's a spoiler for later in the episode. <laughs> Keep listening for that one. <laughs> but, yeah, no, the, uh, yeah, she's in quite, quite a few. But rolling back to, to Jack, uh, why... I'm going to start with the first one. Why don't you like 300? It's, it feels like all of it is in slow motion to me. And it, it is. It kind of is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, which is awful. <laughs> it's terrible. Think, I'm pretty sure it's... if you speed it back up, it's something like 15, 20 minutes. <laughs> it's 15, 20 minutes short. It's actually like, a short Something film. ridiculous like that. Oh, yeah. it's, it's, it's terrible. Um, yeah, I can't handle... Um, I, I can't handle just slow-mo uh, violence. I mean, uh, don't get me wrong, violence is good, but not in slow-mo. You should speed okay. it up. Well, it, it is a Snyder <laughs> film, and Zack Snyder yeah. is the slow-mo guy um i i don't like any of snyder's films except 300 so there's but that you like it yeah you like i i quite enjoy 300 yeah, yeah. it is it is very much kind of like a lad's film yeah and there is no other point to it, it it's not a deep film but <laughs> it just looks cool and that's kind of the point mm. uh, but i i if you're going for that i think mad max is the way to go with that not uh i don't know Mad Max was like the opposite, me. and you don't like Mad Max. That's Man? my weird take. I don't like that it. That is a weird take. It's not like I, I hate it. And I, I'll campaign against it. I'm just like I just I. It doesn't click with me. <sighs> and I've seen it twice. That's so, a shame. I think you need to watch it a third time. My Fury Road. Yeah. One thing that is quite amusing on here that I sort of teased earlier, and I didn't actually genuinely think this was your favourite fit. Your sort of one of your favourite things. It'd be a bit weird if it was. Uh, without getting too intensely political <laughs> and saying something that may offend the Chinese government, oh, why um, why did you put any film ever made in mainland China into your least favourite film? Um, well, I have studied Chinese a lot, and as a vehicle for that, I have tried to watch uh, Chinese movies. Uh, and to do that, you have to watch ones from the mainland because it's Mandarin. Uh, you know, like ones from Hong Kong cinema are, are more like Cantonese and uh, things like that, so uh, not really the same. So I was trying to watch Mandarin films as a vehicle for learning, but they are just so desperately dull. And <laughs> all, all of them, I've tried, I've tried so many, and all of them are so desperately dull. And they're 
their love scenes are kind of so toxic in a way that doesn't uh, translate translate well to a, a Western audience nowadays. I would say uh, not just old films, but uh, modern films as well. And th there is like this absolute focus on uh, Chinese history and uh, watchers murder the Mongols, and <laughs> and it's all just the you know. Uh, very uh very very proud um view on their own history most of the time and extremely slow pace and yeah no i can't i can't handle it <laughs> yeah there are any sort of sort of commonality themes between like obviously you think like bollywood quite a lot of bollywood films are centered around like romance and stuff what are kind of the sort of running themes do like chinese cinema the running themes are um kind of history and costume in particular but there there is romance but it, it's not really uh, the same portrayal of romance it's it's very uh it's very stoic romance you know i've come back after 30 years and i'm expecting you to be my wife thing <laughs> um but uh you know all the all these kind of themes you would expect like uh you know soldiers on the great wall and things like that or uh people in uh in rural places meet, uh coming from long distances to meet each other and things like that yeah so a chinese <laughs> culturally Culturally Chinese. I'm gonna film. get murdered after this. <laughs> yeah, no, but, but this is a nice one. It's a nice it's one. It's just um, the films. Just the films. <laughs> Have you seen The Farewell? The Farewell. Which is that? So The Farewell is uh, distributed by A24, starring Aquafina. No, it came I out this year. So it's interesting. It's it. It's the the middle point. It is very much um, the story of a Chinese American girl hmm. but she is a, a I, th I think the term is a third culture kid where uh, her parents yeah. are chinese yeah 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 um but they move they must have moved to america when they were kid when they were teenagers or so they explain it at the beginning they hmm. mention it in a conversation and the point of the film is uh aquafina's grandmother uh gets diagnosed with cancer so the whole family uh believe that she's going to die. They're like, oh, in, in China, when somebody gets cancer, they yeah, die. Yeah, yeah. No one survives cancer in China. That's the thing. That's mm. the culture. So they go visit her, but then they realize they don't want to tell her that she's going to die. Yeah. So they all go visit her, and with the excuse of one of the cousins is getting married, and we're celebrating it because, oh, you're so far away from us that we can't get married right, year right, round. Right. Whereas it's actually them saying goodbye yeah. to the grandmother who doesn't know she's going to die. Yeah. It's it's quite a, a sounds pretty heavy thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. But it's not it's actually quite um quite lighthearted even though it, it's very grounded in in its theme. Mm -hmm. And although I personally it, it didn't click with me, mm -hmm. I I do recognize it's actually one of the best films of this year. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. I mean, I'll have to check it out. I think uh an interesting kind of very new theme that's come in is um, uh, American Asians and uh, Asian Asian and the, the clash of culture there. That's kind of a, a topic that's that's coming up a bit more when uh, uh, people, especially in the same families and things, meet after a while and things like that. And uh, that can produce some interest in cinema. I, uh, Crazy Rich Asians I watched recently had an element of that. And I, th I think that's... Uh, kind of a, a topic that's on some people's minds at the moment, maybe, it's fair to say. So, um, not that the film was any good, but... Uh, <laughs> well, uh, at least the representation was there. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah, I think it is something to be said about um, this year especially. I think when we come to the uh, Oscars, I think there will be slightly more representation. I think definitely in the past three years at least, there's mm. definitely been a lot more sort of um, social awareness in quite a lot of films that I've seen come out, and especially ones that are like sort of contenders for the big prizes. Mm -mm. And I hope that'll be a trend that continues. Yeah, hopefully, because uh, not 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 to kind of say discredit um, other types of representation, but um, Hispanic film and, and mm -mm. Uh, Latino film in general has actually uh, always struggled at the Oscars because even though I think there there is a Maybe a category? No, there isn't. It's foreign film. There is no yeah, Hispanic just film. Foreign, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm confusing the Grammys, which yeah, have yeah. the the you have actually have the Latin oh, Grammys, yeah. but you also have the Latin um, pop and Latin whatever yeah, jazz, yeah, 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 like yeah, yeah. specific Latin ones within the actual mm. Grammys. Mm. But yeah, the Oscars seem to still you know ignore Latino filmmaking, which is a bit of a shame. But um, at least 
I this opens path for well at least they still films. ignore Chinese films that's the one good thing we can say hey. <laughs> yeah <laughs> the ostracized can stand hand in hand yeah in the face of <laughs> probably the hottest take I think on your list of least favorite films and I will admit I am biased because I am currently um absolutely banging my way through um the first series of True Detective so I'm on a bit of a Matthew McConaughey high <laughs> in the moment. Oh. Uh, you put um, Interstellar on the list of your least favorite films. I really don't like Why? that film. Um, okay, well, uh, the first time I watched it, I did that thing where I fell asleep in the cinema. But then the... Well, <laughs> I actually help. watched the start, and then I, I fell asleep and watched the end, but I wasn't aware that I had fallen asleep, and I was like, why is this movie, like, less than an hour? Uh, but then I went back and I watched it a second time, and um, I still really did not enjoy it. And I was awake that time, so that's a that's a true review from uh, from me. That that's a that's a full corpus mentis re review. But uh, I don't even think it was to do with the context. I thought like the twist was incredibly guessable. Yeah, I, I the, the the twist wasn't that. Not that it always has to be, but I kind of. Uh, it just felt like it was leading to an end point for me that was very clear. <laughs> I, I think that's kind of the point, though. Um, yeah. That the whole story is almost inevitable. Mm. That Matthew McConaughey, when he sets off on his adventure, we won't spoil it because even though it's from 2014, some people want to watch yeah, it. True. When he sets off on his adventure, I think he knows that he isn't going to come back or isn't going to end yeah. how he wants it to. He knows the ending and that's kind of I think that's why it's such an impactful tragedy mm -hmm. but maybe was it maybe the suspension of disbelief as well that you couldn't really get behind yeah I don't know I just did, I never really felt particularly invested in it like that um, and I don't know it's been a while since I've seen it but very wishy-washy kind of uh, for me and uh, kind of wishy-washy science talk sci-fi where um, I, I don't know Obviously, there doesn't have to have a grounding in proof, but no, of course. Uh, yeah, but that well, kind of thing. It, it, if this might help you, um, so towards the end of the film, uh, there is a huge black hole, and it's central to much of the story. Yeah. Uh, th for the black hole to be rendered in three D uh, imagery in three D space, mm. they actually had to work with scientists to build an engine to. A software engine for for listeners that wouldn't understand. Um, a software engine to render it to and render actually a black visualize hole. a black hole. So this film actually advanced science because it had to get <laughs> scientists on board. Yeah, the physicist was called Kip Thorne, and uh, I think he was involved with Chris Nolan for most of the production process. Hmm. And after the film had sort of wrapped, the um, stuff that he'd learned from actually working out what a black hole would really look like was actually written into a couple of different scientific papers. <laughs> you see, that's useful, but they should have used the same machine to make a black hole, and then they should have put the movie in it so it goes really far away. <laughs> I don't think... It's definitely not my favourite Christopher Nolan film, but having said that, I think there are definitely some... There are some really good elements of that film. I just think it probably is a bit too long. It was very and there's long. Probably also, stuff you yeah. like, you could cut some bits out yeah. of it and probably not impact the film that much. Yeah, I, I, I totally get that. Because if you think of the scenes that really, really stick in your mind, it's the beginning, but probably because it's too long. So yeah. the beginning was a bit shorter. You'd, you'd still think, oh, yeah, the fields of corn, but they're not as long. Mm. Then the ocean planet. Mm -hmm. with giant waves so it's good that bit's great and I think it's actually really well paced mm. and then the bit where he watches the messages and cries mm -hmm. the bit where that other actor that's the bit, that, the, bit, the bit where that other actor turns up who we won't say their name yes <laughs> that and then um, and then the ending mm. so though, I'd say those are like the four mm. big moments yeah. in the film is the ending where he scenes. comes back and he finds the Statue of Liberty on on the on the beach? Or and then he says, God yeah. damn you dirty black holes. <laughs> yeah, and then Independence Day is the yeah, sequel. Yeah. So it's a spiritual precursor to Independence Day, yeah. I'm seeing I'm starting to like it more as part of a series now. <laughs> it is yeah. part of the, the yeah. um alien invasion yeah. cinematic universe. What is your <laughs> what is your favorite it's just alien. What is your <laughs> what is what is your favourite Chris Nolan film? My favourite Christopher Nolan film is Probably, and I'm not. Uh, it's difficult. I really like the Prestige. Yeah, because it's got David Bowie in. And I'm yeah, yeah. David Bowie. It does, yeah. I forgot about that. But I think ultimately, my favourite one it might be uh, Dunkirk. 
I was going to say the same thing. Yeah, I, th- I think Dunkirk is is his most polished, and yeah. even I mean, films don't have to be historically meaningful, um, either in the discussion of film yeah, or yeah, the discussion yeah, yeah. of history. But Dunkirk kind of does both. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I think that was just momentous. We talked about it at length when um, Toby's brother came on the podcast. Mm-hmm. But I think it's probably in terms of representation of war the best one because I think and we sort of did this at length and I think it's one of the first podcasts you want to go back and listen to the entire discussion because it went on for quite a while (laughs) but um, we were talking about how a lot of war films sort of glamorise war and demonise the opposition to war and actually it's just people who are different beliefs and I think that is one of the things that I like the most about Dunkirk because it's not just saying all Germans are bad Germans are bad people are just saying that over and over again it's more just a focus on war itself and like and it's just and relentless, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it's it just, doesn't stop. It, it's just, there's always something else that's... And you're, you're sat there in those cinema and just watching it, you're like, oh my God, another one? But, you know, you, you know, obviously that was the real... It's crazy yeah. to think about that, you know. Only, uh, it's it's really not been that long. It's not. Since it's, it's really not. not like. And then there's one particular scene towards the end that's just like, I can't believe they actually did it. Yeah. Like, it's very, very shocking. Yeah. So, it, that film is. is it, yeah, I think it, it, it depicts war in, in a very personal way. Yeah. Which I think is the only correct way to portray yeah. war. Because I, I, I think that the impact of Dunkirk lies in the fact that. When it's focused on one person, mm, mm. Th- they're trying to understand the scale of the repercussions of their actions. Yeah, they, yeah. How will this impact the war as a whole? Will it even matter? Am I just going to die and, and oh, that say I'm a name on a tombstone? Yeah, yeah. That doubt is what makes war films impactful, in my opinion. The mm, fact mm. that you're, you are a cog in a machine yeah, 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 that yeah. is trying to understand their place in the machine. Yeah. And sort of take it back to um, the word impact. So um, the last question we like to ask people because we think it can give really a very good, a very good uh, impression <laughs> of people and their sort of experience of films about their lives is what films were sort of impactful or meaningful to you when you were a child. Um, I loved. I had to ask my mum this because I'm terrible at remembering uh, my childhood. But uh, since she, she told me, uh, it does become a bit more clear. Um, the film I watched most was A Grand Day Out by Wallace and Gromit. Uh, the Wallace and not by them. <laughs> by <laughs> Wallace and Gromit. Well, they made the characters and then the characters made the, the <laughs> yeah. film. Uh, um, I, I, um, that was a great one, and I think just uh, the ridiculousness of it I really liked. Um, and some, some very good humour in there. Uh, but also, uh, I grew up watching uh, a lot of musicals, um, Blues Brothers. Uh, Little Shop of Horrors. I didn't put this on, but uh, Singing on the Rain, uh, Singing in the Rain. Singing in the Rain is brilliant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great one. And uh, Cars. Apparently, you watch that every I day wa- for a year. My little brother watched that almost every single day after school for uh, for about a year, a calendar year as well, not an academic year. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a calendar year is longer. Um, yeah, so. I'm not even over exaggerating. Nigh on every day, and my dad used to just have to sit there and watch that every day and <laughs> he hated it more than anything <laughs> God. it would be quite low if you were like if you oh, Josh we're going to pay you a grand but what you got to do is you've got to watch a Pixar uh-huh. film every day Cars is probably one of the last ones the last, I would choose yeah, I right? agree it's yeah. probably the worst Pixar yeah film. right if you didn't have to pick one which one would you go for if I had to watch every single time yeah there's only one good answer to this it's toys, the first Toy Story, because it's only like 80 minutes long. <laughs> that, that, that's smart. That's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's smart. Yeah. I was going to say up, because it's brilliant. I was but then say I, I'd be emotionally torn every single day. <laughs> I'd just become a psychopath, unbothered by human emotions. Yeah, that film would do it. That is the Joker origin story. He watched up too many times. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, do you think there is a more memed film than the Joker? Ever, like in history. Uh, um, so we're getting down to the serious film discussion. Yeah, well, it's it's, F- uh, it's everywhere. Seven in... was quite meme with the whole ending That's thing. That's true. I guess I don't mean memed, I mean popular culture. Oh, because uh, I'm going to say, uh, <sighs> I mean, Batman vs. Superman was also quite, and like Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad was a good show, actually. But yeah. I, I suppose that was in a bad way. 
It was laughing at it. Suicide Squad, yeah. mostly, I would say. I guess, yeah. I don't know if there's much difference, but... <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm in a bit of a bubble on Facebook. I'm in a group which is a Spider-Man um, <laughs> S-H-I-T slinging. That, that will get past the sensor filter, right? Yeah, no, that, that's the name of the group. Yeah, there's, yeah. No, there's no goose sound in this now. Good. I mean, that is the name of the group. Um, and basically, it's just, it's just Spider-Man memes, but it's not really meta, because the guy who moderates the group said that anybody who hasn't made a post that has gotten over 500 reacts what? is getting kicked from the group. <laughs> so now all the memes aren't about Spider-Man. They're uh, memes using Spider-Man to talk about this issue. Issue. This stupid He's thing. gone mad with power. Yeah, he has. Uh, yeah, I'm in Top Gear bloody shed man posting. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone has their own niche. I, oh, I like yeah. that. Um, Arctic Monkeys 505 posting. <laughs> what? Oh, it's a really good one. I, should, I don't know if I saved it to my phone, but I don't know. How, I, don't, I, I mean, I can't even describe it on the podcast because there'll be just loads of goose noises. But I will, um, I'll probably t- I'll tweet it or something. Tweet it out. So funny. Kanye, Kanye posting. Kanye posting. Yeah. It's pretty funny, except when people are just complete boot bootlickers and they're like, "Oh, Jesus, yeah, King yeah, is amazing." Yeah, 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 people in the comments are like, "You can't seriously think the album was good," and they have like two hundred angry reacts. Yeah, yeah. So. I feel like the point of those groups is to make fun of the uh, the. For instance, the Top Gear one, all of it is just about Jeremy Clarkson punching that producer once. Yeah. <laughs> all of it, like every yeah. every meme is just... Uh, the IT crowd ruddy posting, that's a really good one as well. Father! Father! I love the IT crowd. I only watched it this year as well. It's, it's... Oh, it's on four music all the time, but they only show one episode. Yeah. And it's and the one with the builder. And it's the, oh, it's the too fair. The bit at the end when he's just running and he's going, I've got a gun, I've got a ruddy gun. That is, that is that <laughs> brilliant Oh, what a show. And thinking of uh, uh, other shows and stuff, it's not a show, but recent things that we've watched. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have different things on this list, and um, some some of these films are uh, good, like Capernaum. Others aren't, like Last Christmas and Jumanji. But <laughs> you said you unintentionally watched Austin Powers, and that's what really I, made me curious. I was in, a, in the common room of a hostel doing some work on my laptop, um, in London, uh, because just before I was about to, to get home, uh, I was tired and I was not... Uh, I, w- I was just wanting to get to bed, but I had stuff to do and I had to leave early in the morning. And then about six or seven people came in, with clearly with the intention of watching Austin Powers. Uh, and I'd never seen it, and uh, they, they, they threw it up on the, on the TV there, right in front of me. Uh, so I, I kind of had no choice if, unless I was to move and uh, leave. Uh, but I didn't get any work done because uh, I had a bit of a riot, to be honest. I, I, I like it, yeah. It's great, it's very funny. It? Which I, one was it? Uh, it was, they watched both. The first one and the second one. That's three. There's another one. Oh yeah, there is another. See, yeah. I don't know anything about Austin Powers, but I, yeah, I had a very fun it's time. Austin Powers with no subtitle, right? Uh, in America, it was International Man of Mystery. Yeah, yeah so there's that one. Then it, there's uh, Goldmember, and then the Spy Who Shagged Me. Other way around. Oh, Spy Shagged Me right, right, second, right. and then Goldmember was the last one. I yeah. didn't watch the last one, but the, those those first two, yeah, I watched them. Yeah. Uh, not by my own choice, but I was very happy to. It's kind of like when something's on the TV that you weren't expecting, and then it's a good time. But um, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like I, I enjoyed it. I feel like uh, compared to things like Naked Gun, maybe a more affectionate parody of the genre that it's uh, it's parodying. I think uh, when it, it's it's obviously a, a James Bond ripoff, but I, I feel like it's a very it's uh, it's rather affectionate of uh, James Bond as opposed to Naked Gun, which is kind of directly making fun of those. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah kind, I see sorry, Naked Gun. That's making fun of those. Uh, those movies directly. The greatest thing about the first one is the bit towards the end when they sort of go onto that skit about like the lives of um, henchmen. And obviously, <laughs> yeah. obviously, while henchman dies, and they see what happens to his family and like his <laughs> friends afterwards. And it's actually a really good. It's actually a very good point that I've never really considered before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. See the. Do you want to hear an awkward story? And this yeah. is funny because I know my mother listens to the podcast. I don't think my cousin does, but my mother does. Um, this is relevant. So is that why the swear filters on? Yes, <laughs> it's all because of my mother listening. Hi, mum. But basically, I my cousin was was visiting, so I must have been about. I'm thinking it must have been about fourteen, um, and so I was fourteen. My brother was eleven, so ten or eleven at the time, and we were watching Austin Powers. And 
I can't which one it was, but the scene where he's playing chess with the with uh, the woman, whatever That's her name the is. The second one, the second I one, believe. yeah, comes yeah, yeah. on. And of course, it's basically. I mean, they they, they basically yeah. have sex. With yeah, yeah. Pieces. I don't know why they would ever put that film yeah. when you're forty. So, so exactly. So that thing comes up, and my mum's sitting there, and she's kind of like, "Right, that's enough." Turns it off, and oh, my, no my, way. my cousin chips in, like, "Yep, yeah, no, that's enough." And they turn it off, like, and I'm just saying, like, awkwardly, like, do I now speak up and say, "Hey, hang on." Yeah, I know what sex is. <laughs> <laughs> so it's one of those awkward teenage moments. This is classic cinema. Is, uh, yeah, this, this is Kino. I'm watching this for Kino. It's uh, Kino. So, uh, <laughs> so yes, that's that's a, a, a weird moment of um, she went for the full the turn it off. Yeah, my moment. That's like, a so bold move. Because yeah. I, I normally you go for the <laughs> normally you go for the yeah, just don't acknowledge it. Like the like audio is more it's... scarring in that in that scene though. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so I think on that um awkward note i think it's probably time to um finish this podcast yeah, yeah. so right before wrap we wrap it up, up um just a little thing you mentioned that you haven't you mentioned you've said in a message that you haven't seen lawrence of arabia i have not and i've been intended to forever brilliant well um yes this podcast is not sponsored but we will support local cinema and this <laughs> is an email that we received basically home Manchester home, home lovely the place greatest cinema in the world I'm going to say it yeah, it's lovely um, are having a season on in January yeah January and it's uh, the Robert Bolt season hmm. um, playwright Robert Bolt and he wrote Lawrence of Arabia yeah. and they are showing Lawrence of Arabia on the big screen Very on nice. the 11th of January so Very nice. I'm going to be going to that if you want to come with me I to that. I would love to come along let's go together and finally watch it yeah I haven't seen it I've been intent yeah well it's it's over three hours long, and that's the only thing that. Hey, I it's saw not the good, the bad, and the ugly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Four true. hours. <laughs> four hours. <laughs> I, I guess you can fit in the good, the bad, and the ugly in four hours of time. Yeah, There's more I than mean, enough time to fit in those things. Exactly. See, The Irishman or Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah. Which one? Will Which confused me because De Niro's not even Irish. <laughs> and that's how we close the show, fellas. <laughs> Before we just go, did anything you'd like to plug? Any kind of a thing you're doing or anything? Uh, I'm doing some spoken word, but that's tomorrow, so it depends how fast you get it out. But uh, it next Tuesday. Next Tuesday. Okay, <laughs> there well, uh, if you're in the past, then on Friday, I'm or doing... Or if you build a time machine. <laughs> yeah. If you build a time machine, travel that's to true. the 6th of December, 2019. Or, or if you're in the room next door and you can hear, uh, I'm doing some spoken word, uh, chapter one. So, yeah, come along if you have a time machine. I don't have anything else to plug, unfortunately. So you can find me on Twitter at Josh Sandy. You can find me as Tobias Saw on social media. And you can't find Jack on Twitter because he got banned I got threatening banned, and to I, kill I, Virgin Trains. I, <laughs> it was Northern Rail. Northern Rail. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, just the trains, not anyone, in, not a human, just the trains. But uh, I never reactivated my account and I've never looked back. <laughs> Probably for the best. Yeah, true. So thank you very much for listening and we'll see you again next week. Yeah, Bye. goodbye. <laughs>